John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcasts. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one. And thank you guys for listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 89 of Bleeding Blue, and today we will be talking about the move that was made during the trade deadline, the acquisition of Leonard Williams, and also we will be talking about the lack of moves that were made during the trade deadline. So, without further ado, let's bleed blue. David, I have something to tell you. Tell me. I'm the best. New soundbite. Yes, uh, listeners, that was a soundbite. That was not Justin saying he's the best, though give it 20 minutes and I guarantee you he will say it once. I'm the best. Yes, and also, do you want to know what the, the trade deadline has been a reminder for the Giant, for Giants fans the last few years? Tell me. Merry Christmas, you're not going to the playoffs. <laughs> that's that's been our it's been our early Christmas gift, a reminder that the Giants will not be going to the playoffs. <laughs> How are you doing today, David? Oh, Justin, I'm okay. Um doing all right. You know I have to do this, Justin. You knew it was coming. I can't help myself uh when we record if it happens to be late, I have to date us and time us and when we're recording early you never like to tell people oh yeah we're recording at a nice and early convenient time but whenever we're recording late it's always oh we're recording late well this one this is a special one this is important this listeners, is the latest that we've ever recorded right now this is by far the latest we've ever recorded yeah this is a record and it's not even close i'm yeah. feeling i'm feeling good though i'm feeling fresh i'm feeling light Okay. Giddy to giddy to talk some uh some giants and giddy to talk about Getty. Let's do it. Wow. Ooh. Wait. Hold on. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. So I haven't actually formally announced this or asked anybody to do this in literally quite a long time. I went from every single episode asking people to do this, and now I haven't done it in a while. But what I would love is either a before episode one hundred, which is very unlikely. But B, before the new year, before 2020, before January 1st, 2020, right now we have 89 five-star ratings on the Apple Podcast app. Now, not all of them are five-star ratings, but we have 89 ratings. Neither here nor there. Before January 1st, 2020, I would love, L-O-V-E, love, if we can get to 100. David, do you think we can do it? By the new year? Yeah, by the new year. Oh, for sure. What is it? It's the it's it's November third, October thirtieth. Months are difficult. It's October thirtieth. We got plenty of time. I I have I believe. 
Yeah. So I haven't asked this for a while. Um, we've at least had one written five-star review every single month since, I believe, possibly December last year, December of 2018, which is pretty cool. We have had a few five-star ratings this month, but no written reviews. So there is still time left in the month. If you can please write us a nice review, or even if you don't want to write us a review, leave us a five-star rating. But really, the best way to support us and to help us grow is by leaving that five-star rating and also writing a review. I haven't said that in a while. I would like to say it. I would like to get to 100 by the time the new year gets here. So, David, I figured let's start this episode by talking about the lack of moves that we made yesterday before the trade deadline, before 4 p.m. on Tuesday afternoon, evening, talk about the lack of moves that were made, and then we will get to the Leonard Williams move that was made on Monday. Does that sound good? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So I think Giants Twitter has been relatively good. Um, you know, you saw a few a few cases of a few bad apples, including um, the, the page G-Men HQ, which kind of went off, and it was kind of strange to see the reaction that was the Giants not moving anybody Tuesday, after they acquired Leonard Williams and not moving anybody after that acquisition, and then Tuesday, the day of the trade deadline. Now, I was one. Uh, Glenn Morsiski and I, really, we took probably that second half of that Lions reaction episode talking about guys that we would like to see moved. Um, we <laughs> we laughed at the idea that the Giants could be acquiring anybody. <laughs> uh, we should listen to Jay Glazer more often. You know, but really anyway, quick, yeah, go ahead, go ahead I, David. I, I want to say a couple episodes ago, I mentioned how the Cardinals and Lions game would mean a lot for what this team did at the did at the trade deadline, and I and I in passing mentioned it was going to determine whether or not they were buyers or sellers, or they just stood <laughs> pat. And you, but they lost, so they were buyers anyway. You, well, they, exactly. This it makes no sense. But regardless, you snarkily said, "Well, well, they certainly won't be buyers." I did. And now look at you. I'm a fool, but I'm also the best. So this is what I want to address quickly, and I want to get this out of the way in the beginning. Them not moving anybody, I don't mind. I am disappointed that they didn't move anybody. But I'm not mad. Like, I know some people that are mad, and there are some people that are like, oh, fuck Edelman, fuck this, fuck that. I'm not mad because, first of all, you're not you're not there. You're not in the office. And if reports are correct, the only calls the Giants were getting at least today were for Evan Ingram and Golden Tate. And those guys are going nowhere right now. They're going absolutely nowhere. So I'm not mad. I'm disappointed that the Giants couldn't find a way to acquire picks, especially when you're talking about, you know, is Janoris Jenkins just going to be cut over the offseason? Is Alec Ogletree probably going to be cut over the offseason? But realistically, who would want to take such a bad football player? And what, we would have gotten maybe a seventh-round pick for Alec Ogletree, which I would have been fine with. Uh, I guess Jenkins is the only... You know, in terms of a guy who may not be a part of 2020's team, Jenkins is the only piece that you can argue had some sort of value who won't be a part of 2020's team. But if teams aren't 
you know, if if teams were only offering sixth, fifth round picks for Jenkins, you got to say no to that. And I get it. I did think that there was going to be some team, some, you know, uh, contending or on the cusp of contending team <clears throat> that was going to realize they needed another another secondary piece. You didn't or you did? I did. Oh, you did. Um, yeah, because I mean, I just thought the Chiefs, the Chiefs was too perfect. Yeah, you of mentioned his the Chiefs a couple of weeks ago as being a potential suitor for him. I, I, I like that idea. I could have seen maybe Seattle going after him. Um, I, 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 in my head, I had a couple of different teams I thought might be interested, but you know, but what do we the know? The point is exactly, and the point is, look around the league. Not too much happened. There weren't a lot of teams that were wheel, wheeling and dealing at the end of at at you know, down towards the deadline here. I mean, there were still your fair amount of deals, but a lot of them were, were done before, before yesterday anyway. And there were really very few earth shattering moves. Obviously I think the biggest two are probably Jalen Ramsey and Aqib Tlaib that went down earlier yesterday. And I think that about dried up the cornerback market. I don't think there were many other teams who were looking, who were looking for guys. So as far as Jenkins goes, I think he's the most frustrating because you definitely could have seen there was an opportunity for return on on him. I also think Giants fans can take some solace in the fact that he's also not a bad football player. He, he may be on the team in 2020. I, Who's to say I, that he's not on the I team? Think he, I think he will be. The only way he's not in my eyes is if DeAndre Baker is pretty damn good from here on out. And, and if Sam Beal comes to play then maybe you can start looking at Jenkins as expendable. But we're getting too far in the future. I could see him on the 2020 team. He's a good football right. player. He's having a good year. So, right. uh, you know, keeping him is not the end of the world. I want to address the, the other two guys, obviously Ogletree and Solder. And Solder's a whole conversation on his own. As far as Ogletree goes, you know, I was very proud of Giants Twitter for a lot of these last couple of days for being pretty pretty level-headed from the, for the most part. I do think the whole Evan Ingram getting traded thing was fueled solely by Giants Twitter and the media, and then it just so happened yeah. that teams called about Evan Ingram because he's one of the better players on this team, and it's worth a call. But I, I don't think Evan Ingram was really ever going to be traded, but it got really popular uh on Giants Twitter the last couple of days. I don't really know why, but overall I was very proud of them. And I, and I really like, I saw a couple of people kind of saying this after the deadline came and went. And this point is so true. You it's, it's very hard to make the argument that says, Oh, this guy's terrible. He's garbage. He's trash. And then also complain that they couldn't deal him because chances are, if the Giants deem Alec Ogletree as a guy who is not worth keeping, and it's not like they have depth at linebacker. If they deemed him not worth keeping, there's a good chance that other teams deemed him not worth trading for. So I don't think you were going to get a sixth or seventh round pick for him. You just weren't. Yeah, he 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 doesn't hold enough value in, in his own, and and that's the same thing with Nate Solder. I think Solder could have gone to a team you know that's a, that really really needs somebody. But and that was strictly off of positional value. Exactly. Where it wasn't Absolutely. necessarily that Solder would be worth it. It's just that, you know, 
a living, breathing left tackle has a lot of value in the NFL today. Right. And I, and I think Nate Solder was the least likely of the candidates to get traded for things that we've already addressed. You're not going to trade your right. left tackle with a rookie quarterback. I don't care how much of a turnstile he is. The guy behind him is probably worse. Chad Slade, I would rather have Nate Solder in there than have Chad Slade. A realistic scenario would be Mike Remmers left tackle where Mike Remmers has played much better than Nate Solder this year. But then you have the problem of Chad Slade, Nick Gates um, being in there. Yeah, they're going to get in. Yeah, that's the problem. But who who I do want to who I do want to talk about, David, this is a guy, especially after we did pick up Leonard Williams. I'm like, okay, Dalvin Tomlinson is on his way out. Like that was a that was almost clear cut in my brain where it's like, okay, you know, the two guys that I really hoped that they can do something with, I said, you know, you, ha- you kind of have to keep Ogletree because you need this defense to be somewhat operational. And whenever Ogletree's not on the field, whatever reason, the Giants defense is just non-operational, even though Ogletree is an average player at best. You needed to keep Solder. You needed to keep Tate. You needed to basically keep everybody on that offense to ensure and continue the development of Daniel Jones. Also, because we said that the offense is closer to some sort of signs of tangible success than the defenses yes there's definitely going to be more turnover on the defense through the next maybe two years than there is on the offense one would hope so i was hoping especially with leonard williams coming in i'm like okay dalvin tomlinson is definitely on his way out there is really in my brain no need for to have to have bj hill dexter lawrence Dalvin Tomlinson and Leonard Williams all on the same football team. When you're running a three-four system, I think that's a I think that's a fair fair assessment, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I agree with you with Tomlinson. I thought he was going to be dealt, um, but I think he's a very interesting case because I have no idea what the return would be for him. And it was really radio silence with him. He was never really never brought up in any serious. Yeah. You know, he I, I didn't hear anything about the Giants, you know, fielding calls for him or actively shopping him. Remember, the Giants, the, Dave Gettleman doesn't actively shop anybody. It's he gets phone calls. Well, he was actively shopping. He was, I don't he I don't was think actively so. shopping Janoris Jenkins, at least. Well, I mean, he places he obviously placed the phone call for Leonard Williams. So I think I, I think the I think using that logic of thinking from the Odell Beckham trade is actually kind of flawed. And I actually apologize to everybody. <laughs> I apologize for that bad take because there were reports that he actually called Joe Douglas, the Jets, the, the Jets general manager. He called weeks ago about Leonard Williams. And that was a report that came out today. Or no, I'm sorry, not a report. Joe Douglas that came out of Joe Douglas's mouth. Oh, that's a good report. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. Came out of his mouth. All right, let's just transition. Let's just transition really right quick, into Leonard Williams. You know what I want to know, Justin? Yeah, go ahead. Like when these GMs call each other, do they have their contact saved in each other's phone? When when John Dorsey and Dave Gettleman made the Odell trade, like did he go into his contact list and like go to John Dorsey? They were buddy buddy at the combine. Yeah, but like, is it is this like a thing? Like, do all the GMs have like all the other GMs' numbers? Or is it like, or is it like you just know the area code, and if you're getting this call from a rant from like a Cleveland number, clearly that's going to be John Dorsey. But like that, there's got to be a on a Google Drive somewhere. Google NFL NFL Google Drive. <laughs> the shared like, the shared drive. List. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a master phone number list of uh of of cell phone numbers on the shared drive for the NFL. That that's that's definitely a thing. 
Like there has to be GMs out there who are so savvy that like know about like, hey, how are the kids? How are the kids, Harry? How how are the kids, Joe? You know, there's definitely those GMs out there that are so savvy like that and are so like smooth. I can imagine there has to be like John Lynch. I can imagine he's a very smooth human being. Oh, I'm sure. John Elway thinks that he is. John John Elway thinks that he is. Do we think Dave Gettleman's a smooth talker? Hell no. I think he. I think he has more of like a grandpa presence. I, I, I think he's. I think he's one of those like every family's got the weird uncle, and if you don't have a weird uncle, you're the weird uncle. I think he is the weird uncle. I don't think that's a good thing. I'm not saying it for... is or it isn't. All I'm saying is I'd rather have Dave Gettleman, who I think knows who he is, who's just kind of a kooky old man who who yells, who 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 probably gets kind of bombastic in his uh, in his dealings with other, with other GMs. I would imagine by yelling, I think you mean just yelling in casual conversation, even when you yes, don't need to yell. For sure. Like Dave, you're screaming. We're literally having a phone conversation. It's like, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, I was playing with my Wii remote. Yeah. So I I think Dave Gettleman knows who he is, whereas I think someone like John Elway thinks that he's like the smooth talker and kind of like a smooth criminal. When in reality, everybody just makes like vicious fun of him because wow. he's really just it, he's it's just not working for him. It, it's just not working for him. Uh so uh so David, um, yes. we mentioned how Giants Twitter was pretty pretty relatively calm throughout you know throughout this whole process. Uh, we. We, in comparison, were not. I wouldn't say that. I'm going to say particularly me. You had a very good level-headed tweet the day after. And I was like, yes, David literally said this, said this perfectly. Um, and we'll, and we'll, get to your, we'll get to your point. But I was fighting what I thought was the good fight the day <laughs> of. I thought I was fighting the good fight, but clearly maybe I wasn't. Now, I'm still sticking with what I believe and what I believe is that the New York football giants, they are two and six. They are seven and 17 under the Dave Gettleman regime. And for this year, there are positive signs of life and moving forward, particularly with the franchise quarterback, but they're still a rebuilding team. And what a rebuilding team needs to do is garner draft picks and they are in zero position to be giving away any draft picks, in my opinion, because that's what a rebuilding team does. The logic and the line of thinking that the Giants got Leonard Williams for just a fifth-round pick because the third-round pick, the comp, the, the comp pick that we're going to be getting back for Landon Collins, and that's the same thing as a regular third-round pick that is so illogical it is not the same thing. People are, that are that are equating the value to be the same thing. I don't think people know that comp picks come towards the end of the round, the end of each round. So the Giants are looking at probably another top 10 pick in the draft this year. So you're looking at the beginning of the third round versus maybe another 22, 25 plus picks later in that round. That is a huge difference, huge difference. Now you can also turn to me and say, Leonard Williams is 25 years old. Incredibly, incredibly high upside. And you look at the track record of, 
you know, the Giants right now have the 70th pick in the NFL draft. If the season were to end today, they have the 70, they have the 70th pick. And you look at the track record of those previous 70th uh, picks. They're not very good. Not really names that you would recognize. Okay. But also, isn't the strength of this general manager, the strength of Dave Gettleman has been allowing him to draft quality NFL players. And when you're taking away his ability to do so with a high-end third-round pick, I have a problem with that. I especially have a problem with it when Leonard Williams is playing a position that is so replaceable by good drafting, that's so replaceable by good and cunning signings. David, I just I just have a problem with how overall how this trade went down. I don't have a problem with the player. I have a problem with I let me rephrase that. I certainly do not have a problem with the player. Leonard Williams is a very fine quality high-end quality player, but he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year, and I think Dan Duggan has warded it the best where this overall Williams debate isn't necessarily it's comparing him to a pick. The Giants gave up picks for eight games and they traded away those picks for the right to negotiate a contract early. That's what they've done. I said a lot of words. I'm done for now. I I, I have more to say, but I want to I but I want to get your well, your thoughts and then I'll continue to pile on from there. Let me address what I what I said in my tweet that you referenced earlier, because it, it, it ties into what you're talking about. Yes. So essentially all I said was, I feel like my, my, my main point of concern with the trade has nothing to do with Leonard Williams. I think, like you said, Justin, he's 25 years old. I think he's got a tremendous amount of upside. Um, I think, I think people who really, really are negative on his play um, might be a bit of a captive to just that almighty sack number, which he hasn't, you know, admittedly, he hasn't, he hasn't done much, but I think he can be a more dominant force than what he's been in, you know, with the Jets, especially paired with what's a building defensive line. Oh, it's going to be very yes. fun to watch, David. Yeah. Like that, that rotation is going to be very fun to watch. However, you have to remember the Giants are still, they're not running a 4-3. They're not. The rotation of Tuck, Humanura, Tollefson, uh, Kiwanuka, that's not what we're talking about. I had people in my mentions saying the Giants needed a defensive end. No, they need edge rushers. It's always good to have more edge rushers. And it's a different, it's a different way of thinking because we're not talking about the Tuck. JPP, Yuminura, Kiwanuka, blah, 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 defense. We're not talking about that defense. So I don't have a problem with Williams himself. I think a lot of people do. I think it's people looking to complain because they want to complain uh, because it's not who we thought we were going to get. It, it was a trade completely out of left field, and I think people don't react well to that often, especially not when, like you said, Justin, and this is my, my main point. My main point is this team needs draft capital. They need draft picks, 
especially after what was, I think, largely considered a pretty successful draft last year. Obviously, you hit on Daniel Jones. You seemingly hit on Dexter Lawrence. You've seemingly hit on DeAndre Baker. You definitely hit on Darius Slayton. You definitely hit on Ryan Connolly. I want Dave Gettleman to have as many draft picks as possible. Now, I don't think Leonard Williams is a bad player. If there's a guy, if there's a player who the Giants are going to trade a third and a fifth for, whatever it, whatever it ends up being, wherever those picks end up being, I don't mind it being Leonard Williams. I would have been, more, I would be a lot more bothered if it was a, you know, a 32 year old linebacker. That would have bothered me more. <laughs> so, I don't hate the player. I just I'm I'm wary of trading away draft picks, especially after what we did last year, which was so smart near the deadline. You, they stay they they did dump Eli Apple, they dumped Snacks Harrison, and they turned that into some decent draft production. That's what bothers me. But it's the nasty game of a trade. You do need to give something up to get something in return. And people don't want to hear this, but I am really behind Dave Gettleman. I think he's doing a good job. And I don't have a problem with this move because I think he's putting a team together that does make sense. I get your point, Justin, about you can only have so many guys at the same spot, but I just, I like it. I love the combination of Williams and Dexter Lawrence. I think that's going to be dominant. And I also think Gettleman might be looking even further ahead and realizing a lot of this production on a production on the defensive line is coming from Marcus Golden. And Justin, we've touched on it very, very briefly a while back. Marcus Golden's gonna get paid. Yes, sir. Going into this offseason. Good for he, him. He has he absolutely he has done what he had to do. He came off of a down a couple of down years and has really revitalized himself as I think you and I predicted he would back with James Betcher in this system. He's playing real at a very high level. He's going to get paid, and I don't know if the Giants are going to be the ones to pay him. I'd love it if they were, but you can't guarantee that. So I think what Gettleman is doing is also being kind of smart and realizing this defensive line is actually not doing a, is not doing a terrible job this year, but they're going to be tough to keep together. I think Gettleman is operating under the under the notion that says, if you got to sign one somebody on the defensive line, you got to you got to sign somebody at some point. You'd rather sign the 25-year-old to Marcus that, that rather than Marcus Golden who's going to be 29 by the start of next season. I love Marcus Golden. I love his production and I'm not saying that Leonard Williams the trade is in direct correlation to the possibility of losing Marcus Golden, but I think all of these things come into play. So I don't know how much of it is and I don't think Gettleman's looking at this and just saying we're just going to stockpile a bunch of guys at this position. That might be writing on the wall that says we're not looking to pay. You know, we've got a bunch of guys on 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 cheap deals on the defensive line. We're not going to invest a ton of money into Marcus Golden. And also, I think it's an indictment to we're not going to invest a lot of money in Dalvin Tomlinson. Now, I could be wrong because Dave yeah, Gettleman loves exactly. his big boys, but Dalvin Tomlinson at the end of next season, his rookie years, his rookie deal is done, and we've seen the Giants time and time again let go of these average to pretty good defensive tackles, Jonathan Hankins, Linville Joseph, most notably 
uh, Barry Cofield, even just, you know, very, very much wild back. And they would go on to have some pretty productive seasons, particularly Linville Joseph has made a stellar, stellar career uh, away from the Giants. Um, you know, the Giants are hesitant to bring back some of these defensive tackles that they don't think defensive tackles slash interior defensive linemen that they aren't sure are worth it. And I definitely do think maybe Dave Gettleman is sure is more sure of that Leonard Williams is worth the at minimum, David, $10 million per year with the potential to get up to $13 million to $15 million per year. And that's that's significant. That's where I that's where I come to the threshold of I value much more in my brain. And I could be wrong. My opinion may change a couple years from now, David, when we're podcasting and we're talking about the Giants and we're thinking about how the Giants roster is being built and thinking about how NFL rosters are built because also the league is changing every single year. I value much more, especially when you're talking about pass rushers, especially when you're talking about pass rushers, value so much more those guys that you can get on cheap rookie deals for five years, four, five years, cheap when they're young and and full of talent, rather than guys that you have to guarantee money to and you don't necessarily know what you're going to be getting. Well said. I, w- I would just rather do that. And Dave Guttelman has shown that he has the track record that when you give him the picks, that he can do that. He can find that value. But I also... I mean, uh, I think I think Michael Kay says this on the Michael Kay show. Cap is air. The Giants are going to have the money. You got to spend it somewhere, and cap is air. You know, you might, and I think the Giants in 2019 are a prime example of that. Uh, they really want to make sure, <laughs> even though they have well, relatively bad roster, they really want to make sure that uh, they're they're uh, they are living examples of the cap is air uh, idea. The fact that they don't want to have any. <laughs> Well, and I also think to keep harping on on why Williams makes sense, like I think you alluded to this earlier, Justin, he you're also trading draft picks for a guy who's still young on a defense that by and large is very young. I think Gettleman is really, really into having all of these different young pieces and kind of just throwing them into the fire and seeing what works. I think what you're finding is there are guys who work and there, and there are guys who, who don't. You know, Tay Davis started week one. He's been he was waived yesterday. You kind you kind of try different things. I think Gettleman has been very very open about trying different things, and I also think he's been very quick to move on from mistakes. So he's got a bunch of young guys in the front, you know, up in the front. They're not all going to last. Somebody's going to get moved at some point, whether it's getting cut, whether it's being traded, you know, by the very beginning of next season. I don't know. But, you know, we're, you're not going to see all of these guys in blue next year. Let For- me just say, on, in like that regard, David, let's, let's face it. James Betcher is on the fast track to getting fired. Somebody has got to take the fall for this year, David. And I know you you have defended the Giants' defense, and I agree with you. You've defended the Giants' defense time and time again. But somebody, 
unless they can have a, a miraculous finish with a with with the schedule that is not easy the second half of the season that consists of the Cowboys, the Eagles twice, the Packers, the Bears, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's some easy games in there with the Dolphins, the Washington Football Club, the Jets, which oh, that would that's going to be an interesting game if we can beat the That'll Jets. That'll be a good time. That'll be a good time. But neither here nor there, David, somebody's got to somebody's got to fall on the sword. And I think that's Dave Gettleman. And part of me thinks you mean James Betcher. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. Part of that's I was like that's a that's a big statement. No, 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 no. That's not (laughs) what I meant to say. Part of me, uh, part of me thinks that is James Betcher. And then part of me thinks that, you know, this team is kind of equipped to go back to a four three. I know you might have said it over the summer. A long time ago, I said it, yeah. A lot of other people on Giants Twitter have said it, but I'm, and I'm like, they're not going to do it unless Betcher is gone. But if he's gone, having all of these interior defensive linemen works out great. Yeah, you, you think about, you know, Justin, let's play a little game. I know you hate what-ifs. Let's let's do the what-ifs. I don't really care. If they If they did, what's your front seven? I mean, let's just let's just do the front four on defensive line. Okay. If it was a if okay. we if we had a four three, you would have Lorenzo Carter, who I think has vastly improved in the run game. So I yep. wouldn't mind having. Obviously, you want to. I guess you want to continue to ask him to put on some muscle, which that's tough. That's tough for a guy that's naturally so kind of small for a four three defensive end. That's that's a tough ask. That really is a tough ask. He actually might be. I don't know what they would do with him because he's actually good in coverage too. So that's strange. Uh, I think I'm not smart enough to predict what would happen to Lorenzo Carter in a four three, but you have Dexter Lawrence and Leonard, Leonard Williams in as your defensive tackles, primary defensive tackles. You have BJ Hill as your defensive end, or I mean, Dalvin Tomlinson, no matter what, would be a defensive tackle. And I'm talking about for 2020, 2020, right. 2021, and beyond. You're, you're you're talking about still having a core of Leonard Williams if he signed BJ Hill and Dexter Lawrence, which I guess, you know, hindsight's, you know, 2020, not the year, but having Leonard Williams here for a long time also means that no matter what, BJ Hill's going to be here for another at least three years, you hope, and then Dexter Lawrence is going to be here for another four after this year. If these guys have five years on their rookie deals, it's either four or five years. So that's nice to know and think about. But that would be pretty versatile. That would be a pretty versatile front where you could put Lawrence at a 4-3 defensive end, Lawrence as a 4-3 defensive tackle, Williams as a 4-3 defensive end, Williams as a 4-3 defensive tackle. I think Hill would exclusively be a defensive end, and then Tomlinson would exclusively be a defensive tackle for 2020. This is so hypothetical. Yeah, no, it, I'm it definitely is. I'm cringing at how hypothetical I, this is. I know, I know, but I like it. You, but, but I think it's a, it's a, and it's a real, it's a real look. The point is, Dave Gettleman, and that's why I like him. You don't know what he's gonna do. He's not very predictable. That's why some people hate him. Nobody. I, but you know what? I would rather have a GM who I think is constantly turning his wheels, trying to figure out how to make this team better. And you might just disagree with what he does. You might still disagree with the Odell trade. You might disagree with taking Saquon. You might disagree with taking Daniel Jones. But he's doing things that seem that 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 he believes are the best thing for the team. 
He's not protecting anybody. He's not in this to protect anybody on this roster. So I agree with you. I think the only way they move to a 4-3 is if they get rid of James Betcher. I don't personally want them to get rid of James Betcher, and I think I am in the vast minority. Yeah, you are. Um, who who do not want to... I Let me rephrase. I don't think it's necessary for him to go. I'm not going to be upset if he does. I'm not married to him, but I I think there are bigger issues um, that that need to be addressed. Somebody's going to have to fall Regardless. on it. Somebody's going to have to fall on it. And he, he You're right, be, and, he I, and, I think, I, and I do think James Betcher is probably the, the most likely candidate to fall on it. I, but I, I think you can make arguments that there are other uh, issues. We got an interesting voicemail. Um, let's play it. Hey, guys. Vic Perez here, longtime Giants fan, first time, long time. I uh, just wanted to give you guys a call and ask you this. So according, to the, according to Brian Costello of WFAN, uh, GM, Jets GM Joe Douglas, said that you received a lot of calls for Leonard Williams. I wanted to know if uh, this changed your view on the uh, trade for him, the big gentleman trade for third round, fifth round, fourth round, whatever you want to call it, however you want to look at it. I wanted to see if it changed your view on it because it looks like he may not have been available in free agency like everyone thinks and being the core issue with the trade in the first place. Uh, does this change your viewpoint on it? Do you think it was a good deal to get him off the street? Or do you still hate it because they still had to give up picks? Let me know. I'm going to hang up and listen. First of all, that's first of all, that was also the, the host of um, Just a Giants Fan podcast. So go mm-hmm. check them out on Twitter. Go search for them on Twitter. Um, go search for them on SoundCloud. I believe that's their main that's their main source of where they put out their content. So Just a Giants Fan podcast a uh, really really cool guy a uh, really cool i've had really cool interactions with him on twitter so thank you for calling but um loved the first time long time reference and i'm gonna hang up and listen you gotta love you gotta love a student of the game you gotta love someone who who who, who knows who knows the the, the catch lines and i know uh, and i know he, he's gotta listen because i said that i want i want that in voicemails i'm envious of sports radio love to be on it one day not like Someone's not like not like full time, not full time, but just once on your schedule. Well, actually, you know that's the story of um, you know, you, you know, uh, Steve Summers on on WFN. Yeah. So that was his. I th- I think it's him. Pretty sure the story of of him. Maybe it's somebody else, but I'm pretty sure it's him. The story of how he got started on on um on the fan was they were looking to fill uh like a late night time slot. And because they had just gotten rid of their previous their previous host and they didn't have anybody lined up. So they ran like a competition and they just kind of brought someone on like for one night just as like, uh, oh, this will be fun. And I, I believe it was Steve Summers. He came on and they loved him and they just hired him. And dude, he's been there. And forever. now he's been doing it for he's been there for like over 30 years, I think. Wait, I can do a good Steve Summers impersonation. Hold on. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. The New York Metropolitans are the greatest team on planet Earth. That was shockingly not atrocious. Thank you. You did Metropolitans really well. Because he says, the New, the New York Knickerbockers. 
<laughs> the, where you run into trouble though is it's it's much much easier if you have a natural New York accent. All right, so you do it then. You've got a natural Jersey accent. You do it then. Uh, the new nope. Uh, see, you can't can't do it as good as I can. Metropolitan. No, yeah, yeah. See, metropolitans. I've, I've worked. I've worked diligently to uh, limit my my New York accent. Over the last you couple of years, you don't really have one. It comes out every now yeah. and again. All right, but anyway, this was this is this is a strange but good question. I think it, it it's strange, David. You probably forgot what the call was about already. I have the transcript of what he said. Uh, in case, in case I didn't, but maybe somebody listening did. So yeah. So basically, um, Jets GM Do- Joe Douglas went on. You know, went on. Uh, I believe he went on the K Show today, um, as well. He said that we received a lot of phone calls on Letter Williams, and he said that Dave Gettleman actually called him weeks ago. Now, this is conflicting with reports that said that only the Dallas Cowboys were really realistically the only team that was in on Letter Williams at the trade deadline. So it was throughout, you know, Sunday or Monday, maybe throughout the weekend, uh, you know, this kind of deal was going down or it just went down on Monday. I don't know. I'm not in the room. But, um, Perez was basically saying, host of uh, Just Giants fan podcast, he was basically saying, because this, now Joe Douglas says that, oh, there were a lot of suitors and there were a lot of phone calls. Now, the phone calls could be coming from weeks. Like, that, they could be, you know, that just because it wasn't happening the weekend before the trade deadline, that doesn't mean that they weren't getting phone calls maybe throughout the season about him, you know, since the Jets were kind of losing, they've been losing for a long time now. So does that kind of change how we think about the trade because the Giants may have a distinct advantage of having him in-house before he goes out to unrestricted free agency. That's what I think. That's where I think he's coming from. I actually do. I don't, it doesn't change my mind at all on the trade itself. Um, Yeah, no, I'm with you there. It doesn't, I I'm still going to be critical of it. Yeah, and and you know, like like you and I both said, our at least my main point of contention is not the player. It's not the player. It's not even the financial financial situation. It's are we sure we want to be giving up draft capital for anything? Plus, are we sure that we really want to give this guy nearly fifteen million dollars per year? Right. Well, I think that's getting more in more into his question. If I'm Leonard Williams. I'm hitting open waters. I'm testing on. Un- I was thinking the exact same. I'm thing. testing unrestricted free agency. So obviously, Leonard Williams is a very good ball player. And regardless of whether Joe Douglas is kind of fibbing and he's saying that, oh, you know, we got a lot of phone calls, but they weren't throughout just this weekend. They've been out through the entire season. So the initial reports were correct that the Giants were realistically really the only team that wanted him. So that's like, ah, uh, you know, why did you, know, you give up gave up a third and a fifth round pick for a guy that nobody else really wanted? I don't really I'm not going to put my heart invested into any kind of report. I guess I'll believe what Joe Douglas, the Jets GM says himself. I guess I'll believe well, that. Well, also Joe Douglas has Joe Douglas has no reason to lie about how yeah, many offers. Yeah, correct. He, correct. If anything, the the more offers you say there were, the harder it is to sell whatever trade you make to your fans. Yeah. yeah, but I, I think I think Jets fans are 
extremely happy with getting they with are. getting yeah, a third a third and a fifth round pick for a guy on the final year of his contract. <laughs> I think like if we're Jets yeah. fans, David, if this is a bleeding green, which there actually is a bleeding green podcast on the Big Heads Media Podcast, Network, we would have ended the podcast. Uh, right now. Well, we yeah we would be celebrating. We would be celebrating. Now there are a few other things that we wouldn't be celebrating about if we were Jets fans today. <laughs> <laughs> like our quarterbacks, uh, like our quarterback treating every day like Halloween. Well, See not, not just that, but the they've had they've had some interesting. Jamal Adams has had an interesting day. Um, yeah, Jamal Adams is, is big mad. Right? Yeah, uh, Rob, Robbie Anderson had an interesting day as well. But neither here nor there. If we were Jets fans, we're celebrating this trade. But Giants fans, it's kind of it, it's it's very much still it's it's a wait and see, and it's it, this is a trade with the full intention of signing him. But I don't think signing him is going to be as easy as Giants fans are presuming it to be. I hope it is. Yeah. I will be celebrating Dave Guttelman and screaming his name from the top of a building if he signs possibly during either the regular season or before he hits the unrestricted free agency market because when you hit the unrestricted free agency market all hell is going to break loose and good for him leonard williams is going to get paid he is going to get paid he should want to get paid he should want to test those waters so i don't understand why he wouldn't especially at you know being 25 years old all i know is justin and i don't know if you have any any other serious serious points to make no, but that was basically it. I'm excited to see. We we mentioned earlier how we're excited to see Lawrence and Lawrence and Williams together, and and that they could be pretty dominant and pretty fun. But boy, when I think about it, how many games we got left this season? Eight. Eight. We're halfway there. There is not going to be a single player on that football field who is going to be moving at a higher speed and with more energy. I'd have to imagine than Leonard Williams. Oh hell yeah! Wants to get paid. If you're Leonard Williams and you're trying to get signed at least by the Giants, because like you said, he if he if if the calls really were there, if the if the interest was there for the last couple of weeks, where whenever the calls came in, the man's getting paid. He knows. You've that. also heard from NFL execs. Now again, the, I this is this is so beat reportery, and this is so this could come from such a biased lens. But, you know, I, I shouldn't even say it, but th- know that this is where know that there's always a grain of salt when there are tweets like this. And when I and when I say this on the podcast, but there was, you know, some beat reporters, I spoke to an NFL executive on Leonard Williams and he said, you know, oh, high end talent at best, but nothing really special. You know, those kind of those kind of comments are there and present right now with Leonard Williams, where you kind of need you need the talent around him for, to really for him to be successful is that again is that a guy that you want to be giving 13 million dollars a year to i don't know well and i think and i think leonard, leonard williams himself will have a lot will have a lot to do with do teams give it to him right if a team you know if i'm the dallas cowboys for instance a team that we know was interested if i'm the cowboys and i see Leonard Williams play at a pretty high level with the Giants supporting cast. And then I look at my defense as Jerry Jones and I look at DeMarcus Lawrence and, um, you know, Leighton Vander Esch and their secondary and, and 
they've got a really nice nucleus of players. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that's a guy I'll give money. He he did he played at a high level with that defense. Bring him to this defense and see what he can do. Dallas doesn't have fucking money to give anybody. Well, I'm I'm just using them as an I know, example. But I I, I, I just they, they're in such a sticky situation right now. They're in a tough spot. They're, they're in, in a, a very spot, very yeah. tough spot. And I I unless Dak Prescott is the next coming of Christ. But they were the they were the first defense I thought yeah. of. The first no, but that's, good defense. But that's I but that's fair. All right. Um. Yeah. We'll have we'll have a ton of time to talk about the Cowboys on the pregame show, which will be happening in a few days. Yeah, we will. Nice, nice plug. Nice yeah. promo. Um. Yeah. Please listen to the pregame show, especially this week, because the game's on Monday night. So we will be hopefully recording the pregame show, um, maybe around I don't know Friday or Saturday morning. And then the pregame show will definitely we'll try to have that out by Saturday at around 5 p.m. Uh, I prefer to usually have those pregame shows out by Saturday by 5 p.m. Um, so you'll have Saturday evening, Sunday all day, and then Monday morning for your commutes to and from work to listen to the pregame show. And they're usually not that long, and they're always a lot of fun. Um, David and I we have we we actually do like probably the most fun that we have is on those pregame shows because especially if something interesting happens in our lives over the weekend, we like to share and we like to talk about it because whether you like to hear it, yeah, or whether not. you like to hear it or not, we like to talk about it. And it's, and it's mostly because we aren't sad about losing yet. Whereas on the reaction episodes, we're sad because we just lost. Yeah. So we're not really laughing. I was in no mood to talk about the lions game. It, it's it, Daniel Jones looked great. Daniel Jones looked fine. Darius Slayton looked great. Darius Slayton looked fine. Uh, particularly, it, it's Daniel Jones's ball placement. I do not want to get into this. We don't. I, I want to end this. But really, like, what to be happy about with Daniel Jones? And this has been something that we've seen literally since the spring. It's his ball placement. And if you can have a quarterback that can put the ball in good spots, you know, you can work on decision making. You can work on getting rid of the ball quicker. You can work on all these different things. What you can't work on is a quarterback's, literally, the quarterback's ability to throw and place the ball. That is something that is very difficult to work on and improve in the NFL. All the rest of that shit, you can work on it. And Daniel Jones, for one of the first few weeks, in the first for the first time in a few weeks, put together almost a complete game rather than, you know, the whatever that lateral pass was in the in the first quarter. Yeah. And literally, we learned nothing. We learned yeah. nothing new about the team. We learned nothing new about if you want to continue to harp on Shermer. We learned nothing new. The Giants' way of 2019 is getting down by multiple scores early and then working your way back and fighting back and just falling short late in games. Actually, what you, in my opinion, what you did learn um, was that Nate Solder continues to be atrocious, yeah, well, yeah. and you also learned that I think the wide receivers deserve more and more of the blame. The blame? Yes, for sure. Darius Slayton had a great game, don't get me wrong, and I think Golden Tate's been playing very well. I'm not saying they're not playing well. I'm not saying they're not playing it's not that they're playing bad football, but they just do not get open. There is absolutely no separation. I think it's also fair to say that they missed Sterling Shepard. I tweeted that during yeah, the game. Yeah. I don't think people realize how much how I don't think people realize how good Sterling Shepard is. I certainly kind of fully realized it like this this weekend. But also, David, like, what do you honestly 
expect out of Benny Fowler and Cody Latimer. You don't expect those guys to get separation. But there's a difference between between like cornerbacks are running these guys' routes for them. Corners are running these routes better than the receivers are. That's a problem. There were multiple plays in that game where you looked and the, the coverage was just phenomenal. And, and these are not, you know, the Lions, Darius Slay wasn't even playing. You're, we're, we're playing. you're playing backup cornerbacks. Now, I know you mentioned on the pregame show that their backup Justin Coleman. is a solid. Yeah, it's a solid player, but still. I, it, it just, we can't get into this. Helps, but helps the other quarterback that has impeccable balls placement. Absolutely. It's not just about giving your guy a chance. It's about giving your guy a better chance than the other. And guy. can we please not get behind by multiple scores in the first half slash the first quarter so we can try and establish some kind of running game? Like literally, that's all, that's all that we're, it's literally all that we're asking. And that's why I seriously do think James Betcher is going to get fired because somebody has to fall for this. And that's that's the scapegoat. So, Justin, I want this is my last my last statement. And then you're going to you're and then you're going to close. Okay, I so, so, so badly want to kick Dallas's ass so badly. More than normal. I don't know oh, why. More than normal? I don't know what it is. More than normal. I always do. Don't get me wrong. There is something about, like, I think I'm just so tired of losing. And I think I'm, I'm so tired of looking so, like, listless against Dallas. And I, I think Sterling Shepard's going to come back. And I think it's going to be, like, the healthiest they've been all year. Oh, I want, oh, I, I so badly. So I want, I need to listen to Booger McFarlane talk about how the New York Giants are not that far away because you know he'll do it. I, I need to listen to, I need to see a, a, a shot of Jerry Jones in a MetLife Stadium box looking more miserable than the poor bastard that he actually is. Save it for the pregame show. I really want it. I want to prove that Dak Prescott's worth absolutely no money. I I want it so bad. You better save this speech for the pregame show. This is the first thing that oh, we're I'll... starting off with. What, this speech? Yeah, this whole speech that you're putting together. It's 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 literally there's no point in putting this much emotion into it, in my humble opinion. I but know, it's great. I, but that's how, it's I, great for I, fanfare. I'm, that's how I'm fired up. And I shouldn't be. All right. I've said this before. Until this team shows me something, I'm not really going to put emotional investment into it. I know. I, know. I it. understand. I'm, I, I like the pain. I don't know what you, it is. You and, Nikki I, Snacks, I you and Nikki Snacks are a bunch of masochists. I can't stay away. It's like it's like you know that bleach is bad for you, but... But goddamn, it tastes so like, good. It's like me with a Sharpie. I'm at work or like white out. I'm at work and I know I shouldn't sniff it, but I do. It just smells so good. And and don't act like I'm a weird person for saying that because I guarantee you. You do it too. I guarantee you if you're sitting there right now and you're like, dude, that's a that's a problem. You've done it. And if you're at your desk right now, you're about Pick to do it. Pick up that damn Sharpie. You won't do it at your desk right now. Do it. Do it. Every color smells the same. All right. Um. Until the pregame show. That's quite the way to end it.
Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> Until the pre- I mean, don't do drugs, kids. But if you're an adult, I mean, do what you want. Um, by all means, <laughs> you're an adult. I mean, do what no. you want. Um, no, we do not. We do not support doing drugs on the spot. But if, if you're if you're, you're an adult, do what you want. Um, keep Jesus. on bleeding blue. You'll hear from us shortly. You'll hear from us soon. Uh, go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants. Be well in life. Peace out. And David, stay beautiful, y'all. <laughs>